So we're going to continue with the spirit of Easter here. And it says, the life that I now live. Because we have life because of what Jesus did on the cross. And we're going to turn to Galatians. And here's the great thing about Galatians. The, the, the richness. This is the Magna Carta of the New Testament. It's like, it's the Bill of Rights. Paul proclaims, he, he says, this is our situation and these are our rights. This is what we're to do. And to, to make it richer is that you have to understand what Paul was dealing with. The Apostle Paul never met Jesus. Remember, it was the road to Damascus. He was Saul of Tarsus and he was killing and imprisoning Christians. He was traveling from town to town. The Christians would move in fear if they found out that Saul of Tarsus was coming. We're going to, we're going to be beaten. We're going to be stoned. We're going to be imprisoned. And if you know the story, Saul has an encounter on his way to Damascus and his whole life changes. But here, is the richest of the story. So Jesus says, you're no longer Saul, but you're Paul. I want you to preach me. How many understand the difficulties that Paul now is going to have? People are going, no, 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 this isn't the real you. Oh, no, no, you, you've had people put to death. Oh, no, no, no. You never even met Jesus. How can you speak so boldly? How can you do this? And, these, they, and then he had a group of Judaizers. Now, which, which you have to remember that Paul was raised, he calls himself a Jew of the Jews. He was raised in the law. He was raised in how to be a synagogue faithful Jew to the law. And Jesus says, thank you for accepting me. Now go preach to the Gentiles. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. All my training, all my training is to teach the Jews. He goes, okay, teach the Romans, teach the Gentiles. No, 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 Lord. I, I th Everything was against Paul. So Paul, it, and it, knowing that, you're going to be able to see that if, if you read Galatians, if you read Ephesians, and in Colossians, he talks about the freedom that we have in Christ. But he's, he's honest about the struggle. He, he's honest about the struggle, yet I'm free. I'm not under the law. And, and in this one verse, I really think it's the Christian Magna Carta that we're going to look at. And the title is The Life That I Now leave, uh, Live. How many can say that? Just this Eric says, once I made that decision to follow Christ, the life that I now live. And there's the sweetest, really simple, but the depth because of the sincerity that Paul puts in here as Eric did in his testimony. So, Let's read the verse in Galatians. It goes, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, 
I live by the faith of the Son of God who, live, who loved me and gave himself up for me. So let's just start with the very first. It goes, I am crucified with Christ. I want you to know that this is a figure of speech. Paul was not crucified and raised from the dead. <laughs> this is a figure of speech which we should, I mean, we, we can pick it up because he's saying, today I have chosen to die to who I was. I have chosen that. Am I still here? Yep. But I have chosen to kill that person. Every time that person shows up, I, I need to turn my back to it. Every time I have this makes sense, I turn my back to it. It's kind of like a George Costanza moment. He says, I get it. Everything I think I should do, I should do the opposite, and my life will be better. It's kind of like that. Every time my flesh wants to do this, no, I've crucified that. And he says this is his, this, this is his battle. I am crucified with Christ. Basically, when I get, get out of the way, when I get out of the way, when my emotions get out of the way, things that I actually may love get out of the way, Christ can be seen because he's here. He's here. The point is, when you crucify that flesh, it does something. It, it deals with the past. You know, besides things that you love, things that you, you have intuition that you think is the right thing, you also, when you die to those things, you're also dying to the past hurts, the past rejections. See, they go hand in hand. Because they're all, that's all tied up in this life. I can't take, oh, the things that I still enjoy out of that life without taking all the pain that comes with it. The only answer is I am crucified with Christ. I am dead to that life as Jesus was about to die in this life to be resurrected. And so doing, we're resurrected. Well, it shuts up the enemy. The enemy that's always accusing. The enemy says, well, you know you love that. And here's how you deal with it. I am crucified. That person's crucified with Christ. Those desires are crucified with Christ. You know, and don't think that Jesus didn't deal with this. Remember in the garden? When he's tormenting, he knows what he's, he says, Lord, if there's any other way Take this from me. But not my will, thine. Jesus crucified his flesh before it was crucified. He cried out, oh, if there's any other way. Because his faith is going to be tested to the very end. No, not my will thine. So you see that Jesus in this life, we're not suffering something that Jesus didn't suffer with. There's nothing in this life, there's no one that has suffered anything that Christ himself did not go through. Which makes me think, you think, what's the worst thing? Oh, he obviously he didn't have any sexual abuse. Uh-huh. He was unconscious, naked, and thrown in prison with derelicts and idiots. Criminals. 
He died for everyone's past. Past and sense. Shortcomings. Well, I am crucified. The next line. Nevertheless, I live. Nevertheless. Life begins when I live with restrictions in my life. Everyone thinks, you're not the boss of me. Remember the teenage days? Oh, they're 30 or 40 or 50s. You're not the boss of me. <laughs> Some people never grow out of it. But you remember, you're, you're not the boss of me. I've got my own life. Let me tell you, you, the quickest way for us to get into bondage is to live our own life the way we want it. That is the quickest way to come into bondage, and now you no longer have freedom. I mean, by the grace of God, Rory and I weren't thrown in jail. We would have really lost our freedom. But nevertheless, I live. Even, even though I'm crucified and I'm dying to that, nevertheless, I live. Do you know how many of us need to have a nevertheless I live in their life? You can't live until you recognize that you have to say, nevertheless, nevertheless, I live. You've gone through divorce, it's all over now. You've got fired, it's all over now. Uh, you've, you've been rejected, nevertheless, I live. I've been rejected, nevertheless, I live. I'm going through a hard time. I haven't heard God's voice in a year. Nevertheless, I, I live. Oh, I so want to do these horrible things and make my flesh happy again. Nevertheless, I live. You don't know how much they hurt me. Nevertheless, I live. Until you have restrictions, you can't live free. This is our Magna Carta. No matter what you're going through, some of us right now need to put this in our life. Nevertheless, I live. I got my driving's license taken away. Nevertheless, I live. Nevertheless, I live. My mother used to complain she lived to be 98 or 99 and every Tuesday I'd go to visit her she would complain about living so long can you imagine that <laughs> so why does God hate me all my friends are dead your dad's dead no one's going to come to my funeral when I die it's like <laughs> I should have died 30 years ago and I'm like oh lord <laughs> you're 98 and everything hurts and your dead friends are dead Get up in the morning and say, nevertheless, I live. What's my purpose? <laughs> nevertheless, I live. Wow. I tell you, Jesus has come to give us life, and that life has restrictions. That's when it comes. You know, we preach the promises of God. You know, and in fact, some churches, you know, have gone overboard. All they do is preach the promises of God. All they do is preach the great things. And guess what? There are promises in God. But here's the problem. The promises come through a process that you're living. A promise 
It's going to be found in the process. What's the process? Some of you, you're unemployed. Some of you, you've been rejected. Some of you are dealing with health. The promises of God are found. Jesus is found in the storm. People don't want the problem. They, they see the process and they're going, God's not nowhere around. I said, man, he's right there. He's right there or he's right at the end of the storm, one or the other. But promises come through process, through life, through re- you, you dying to that. Dying to things is a process. And there you find the promises. Can you, just to be sure you heard it, say this, God is found in the storm. He's found in the storm. He's not found on the mountaintop. He's found in the storm, which leads us to the mountaintop. Well, and I, and I, I want you to know that the struggles, the pain, the death are a process. Why do you have to die? part of the process of your life. It's a process of that person's life. And, 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 and I said that God uses situations. He doesn't cause them. How many times have we prayed, Lord, why did you do this to me for? He did not cause it. He uses it. He uses that. So, Paul here is saying, you know what? We need to put this in our life. Nevertheless, I live. I went through a broken family. Nevertheless, I live. I've gone through that divorce. I've gone through a death. Nevertheless, I live. You have left me here to live. You, I, the, my situation has separated me from these people, for, separated me from this group, Nevertheless, I live. What's my purpose? Why did I survive? Nevertheless, I live. I've been rejected. Nevertheless, I live. It's a declaration that we need to make. Yet, not I, but Christ liveth in me. There's a new spirit in us. There's a new attitude in it. Christ is in you in the middle of the storm. Christ is in you. Can you get out of the way and let him show up? You're like, well, how does he show up? Well, you know, the, the, the scriptures tell us that we are to bless those who curse us. We're to bless those who mean us harm. And let me tell you, If I do that, and when I have done that, that wasn't me. (laughs) Mark doesn't bless his enemies. I get even. I get back. It's the fair thing. Well, you know what they did to me? Do you know who they've cheated? Now, that's Mark. When I bless them, that's Christ. When I share that kindness, it doesn't make sense. That's me restricting my flesh, and Jesus can be seen. 
Uh, I think I've got it in this verse here. Galatians 4, two chapters later. Says, My dear children, because Paul was always talking about allowing Christ to be formed in you. He said, My dear children, for whom I again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. You see, every time I get out of the way, he grows. That spirit of Christ grows in you. How are people going to see Jesus? See less of you. <laughs> but I'm pretty impressed with me. Now, you haven't looked in the mirror. And if you have a spiritual mirror, you're really going to be upset. <laughs> my, my flesh loves me. And if, my, if I say my flesh loves someone else, it's because I think I'm going to get some love from that person I say, oh, I love. It just comes back to being selfish. Okay. Well, <clears throat> the new life, mm, this new life, and the life which I now live in the flesh, this is a moment of honesty. And the life which now I live in the flesh. This new thing, Paul's about to tell you, here's, here's my struggle. Here's my struggle. This thing that is in me, I restrict the old guy. I, I crucified, I'm crucified with Christ to hope that this thing of Jesus' spirit that's birthed in me grows. Here's the problem. This divine, wonderful thing that I want to happen is wrapped in my flesh. Now, don't tell me that's not a struggle you recognize. <laughs> There's this thing that is so incredible. You know, you know it, it comes down to this. There's a problem with the container and the contents. The, the container is desirable and worldly. The content is divine and holy. That's a struggle. But Paul recognizes it and he's telling us, yes, you need to realize it is in the flesh that you're doing these things. That's why sometimes you can, you can do all the Jesus stuff you want to do, but it doesn't have the outcome because, bottom line, it was selfish. You saw the reward in the end. Instead, the, the reward was for your flesh instead of Jesus being your reward. Wow. The life which I now live in the flesh so you know what he's saying? You got to ease up. You got to stay on guard, but ease up. You're in the flesh. God knows that. Here's the, the statement is, I, I have been transformed in my what? Spirit. I've been transformed. Easter, the resurrection has happened, and I accept it. I'm transformed. I am being transformed in my mind. I'm renewing my mind. 
That is, that's, what we, that's the struggle we're in, is to let this divine thing get out of this fallen package. It says, I shall be transformed in my body. We're in a process. Everyone says, oh, you know, uh, how long have you been saved? The day I die. I am being saved right now. I'm just going through the process. I've been transformed in my spirit. You, yay, that's a yay. I'm being transformed in my mind. That's my, that's my battle. I shall be transformed in my life. That's my end result reward. Wow. It's, it, it, isn't Paul incredible? It, it just, just in one verse, we have the whole struggle that we're going to experience on this earth. And all along, people are saying, He's not a believer. He's not a disciple. He's dealing with the Judaizers that are trying to get all the Christians to follow the law again. And this is where he spends his time. It's the real battle. The real battle. Well, I'm living this Christ life in a fleshly body. There's our conflict. Number, it was our fifth point here. I live by the faith of the Son of God. Paul says here that, you know, you, you've been given faith. You, you, you couldn't have gotten saved. You couldn't have accepted the Lord in this incredible thing without the faith that the Holy Spirit gave you to lead you that far. You, you had that much faith. But you know what? There's too many of us who are like, well, you know, his faith made him whole. And, you know, you read scriptures where Jesus says, your faith made you whole. Your faith made you whole. You, you were healed because of your faith. And some of us have believed in something, and it didn't happen. And our faith died. We're disappointed. We never, we never push our faith anymore because I was so disappointed. I really believed that God was going to do this, and I prayed for it. And... You no longer have enough faith. I was, at, I was working at a, in a miraculous service. I was on stage, and this lady came up in a healing meeting, and um, she had this little, uh, like a shirt of a two-year-old. And they said, what do you believe for? Because my daughter, my daughter is eight years old. This is the clothes that she wears. She has a growth deficiency. So the doctor said, if she doesn't grow in the next six months, she's going to die. That lady was told she didn't have enough faith. Paul's telling me, she was de devastated. Paul, Paul here is telling us, I walk in the faith of Jesus himself. When mine fails... When, when, when I can't see it, when I don't feel it, and my flesh is given in, and my faith has stopped, I walk in the faith of the Son of God. Hold on, I'm having a stag moment. I'm okay, rabbit trail. Well, the last one was a rabbit trail too. Jesus, Jesus shows up. Mary, 
daughter, or the sister of Lazarus, says, if you were only here, Lazarus died. If you could have been here, instead of off praying, he'd be alive. That's how much faith Mary had. She ran out. Her faith went this far. If you were here, he wouldn't have died. But now he's been dead for three days. He stinks. Jesus says, show me. Come out. Come out. It wasn't on her faith. I know we see it in the scriptures, and people have misquoted, you don't have enough faith. But you know what? Paul says, I don't have enough faith. I believe because of the faith of the Son of God. Mary's faith died three days ago. And Jesus steps in the picture and says, this is my faith. You walk in my faith, not just yours. You walk in my faith. There's some of us in this room that's faith has died years ago. And we keep up. Oh, I go to church. I'm going to be a Christian. But I don't dare step out in that faith thing. Because I don't have the faith. I was. Guess what? It's time for you to recognize that yeah. Paul said. <sighs> the faith of the Son of God. You know who you are. This is your moment. This is the, the Spirit of God's sake. Follow. I don't care about your faith. It will come. Walk in the faith of my son. If you believe in him, walk in his faith. If you see too much carnage and bad things, walk in his faith. Walk in that. Your faith will rise again. Do you think Mary's rose when he saw Lazarus Come out of that tomb wrapped up in death clothes. Like she was bottom to the ceiling. Oh, I think I believe now. Well, we're almost done. We're out of time anyway. Who loved me and gave himself for me. One of the key secrets to knowing love is does it give? For God so loved that he, he gave his most precious thing. It, he so loved, he gave his most precious. He so loved. What do you give to? That's where your treasure is. And by the way, this is the verse I use when my, my, parent, my children accuse me of spoiling my grandkids. I said, I just love them. <laughs> I love them, so I give. No, I don't know how that goes with the spoil verse, but uh, we give our time. Compliments to you guys who put on the production, who work in the, the field out here, who do the coffee, who set up who, the band. I recognize you love the Lord because you're giving. You know, no one says, you know, it's Sunday. Let's get up at 6 and get ready to go work at church. That's love. That's love. Why do you change the diapers? You know, ah, it says 10 to 15. You know, is that pounds? No, you got to change that diaper more often than that. 
<laughs> but if anything pooped and spit up on me and cost me that much, I'd throw it away. But we don't. Why? We give and we give and we give and we get thrown up on and pooped on. And it doesn't much change, just the, the material changes as they become teenagers. <laughs> we so love. Let me tell you, some of you young people, do you love your parents? It's time for you to give back. They give to you. Don't say you love them unless you give. Give honor. Give an ear. Give time. Move out of the house. <laughs> yeah. You know, you moved out three years ago, but you're here for every meal. <laughs> That's just to spend time with me, huh? <laughs> we give. Don't apologize for wanting to give. Don't restrict yourself from giving. A person who loves someone else, they're, they're found out. That little, their little son, daughter wants to draw you a picture, wants to give mommy flowers, wants to help daddy in the garage. They want to give. Don't be ashamed of giving because you're telling somebody you love them. Let's stand. Isn't God's word amazing? One, one verse. One verse. And it has settled so much in our lives. Our Magna Carta, our Bill of Rights. Father, bless your people. Bless your people as they walk through this life, as they recognize that they that you've put this incredible spirit in a container of flesh. That's our struggle. But nevertheless, whatever comes up, nevertheless, finish it for me, nevertheless, I live. Amen. Amen. 